Welcome to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast, where we dive into the mindset shifts and practical tools to help you break through the roadblocks standing between you and achieving your goals. I'm your host, Danielle Kobo, a former Fortune 500 senior sales manager who spent 15 years in the medical device industry and now the best-selling author of the book, Unstoppable Grit. Think of this podcast as your go-to source for career advice and burnout prevention strategies to help you build a career and life you love. Now let's get started. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode of Dream Job with Danielle Cobo. I'm Danielle Cobo, and today's guest is Angela Prophet. She is the CEO of GSD Creative, host of Business Unveiled podcast, and she has been featured on We TLC, E People Magazine, and Success Magazine. She is a she has a psychology degree. And she really focuses on productivity, personality, and how to hire the right people for the job. So we are so blessed to have Angela on our guest today. Hi, y'all. Thank you so much for having me today, Danielle. And for those of you that heard her little accent there, she is located in Nashville, which I absolutely love, a place I want to eventually move to. So uh, one day, hopefully, I'll be living next door to you. That would be fun. (laughs) So tell us a little bit about your career journey. Yeah, it is a definitely a journey. And we're still on the journey two decades later, because if you're an entrepreneur, you never stop. You know, your brain never turns off. But I didn't start out like that. I started out by really understanding who I was as a person. I love helping people. And so I started out in nursing school, going to college, just like my parents told me I should. And then I learned very quickly in doing my clinicals, I did not like inflicting pain on people, like giving shots and things. So I quickly changed to psychology and then ended up graduating with a degree in psychology. I worked in mental health for several years, working in a mental hospital and an AIDS clinic, a morgue. So I worked around a lot of people and I thought that I could make a difference if I was just a good listener and I studied all these different psychology methodologies of how to connect with people. I could fix the world and I could change everyone. But what you study and what actually happens isn't really the same thing, right? So getting into it, I was in healthcare for about 10 years and I'm, I'm so glad because it gave me the foundation of really understanding people, but you can't always fix everybody's problems, especially when they have Unfortunately, if they're born with some type of illness, such as bipolar or schizophrenia or depression, how do you handle those things? And I, it takes a special person and I was not that person. And so I moved out of healthcare and started a wedding planning and event business. It's kind of by accident. I got started through my church and just doing it for fun and decorating. This is way before Pinterest and way before social media. It was just being a good communicator and really understanding people and communicating with people the way they needed to be communicated with. And I learned all that working in the mental health hospital. And so fast forward a a few years and 2010, our town flooded and a lot of my vendors lost everything. And I kept telling them, you've got to back your stuff up, put your stuff in the cloud. And thankfully in healthcare, like if you go to the doctor in today's time, you typically are filling out EMR, which is electronic medical records and your records are being shared in the cloud. And I learned that 
very early on and saw how powerful that was. And so really bringing that to my business and making sure that I kept a paperless business, but it took a tragedy for the vendors to actually change. But that sparked the productivity company of teaching people how to sync all of their stuff in the cloud, how to get all their devices to talk. And this is about the time that social media was like really born and video YouTube started to become a thing. And I was always on the forefront of technology, like surrounding myself with people that really were doing the next thing. And then in 2011, I joined a group called EO, um, the entrepreneur organization. And that's really when my career started <laughs> because it was great with all the stuff in the background, but surrounding myself with the like-minded people who, and I like to say they're potty trained. <laughs> um, I'm like a potty trained, like entrepreneur all over the place, but you've got to know how to focus. And so over the past 10 years, really building out the productivity side and and the content creation side, but at the core of it, it's all about people. You can have automation, you can have technology, you can have as many platforms and systems you want, but at the heart of it, there will always be people because the computers, they don't have feelings and you've got to be able to learn how to best communicate with people at the core of it. Wow. That is um, an interesting journey with a lot of pivots. Yep. And I, I can really relate to what you were saying. I actually, um, I got a degree in, well, I started off a psychology major, switched to communications. I wanted to get a degree in psychology because I thought I'd be able to make an impact and really understand my mom suffered from bipolar disorder. And so I wanted to understand why and how to, you know, interact with different people with different personalities, but it's such a great degree to have because if, whether you are in the mental health industry or whether you're a people leader or customer service, whatever it is, it's such a valuable degree because you get to understand people and how to communicate. Absolutely. Yeah. So, you know, we talked a little bit uh, prior to jumping on here, we talked a little bit about understanding people and how to hire the right people. Because you've obviously had a lot of success throughout your career and you've hired people, you've built companies, you are very successful. So tell us a little bit, how do you identify if somebody's a good fit for your, for your organization? Well, and, and going back to when working in a mental health hospital, we would do all these psychology tests, which who wants to take a test when you've just suffered a tragedy or you're being put into a, a, a mental, like a psych ward, like, and then you definitely don't want to talk to the caretakers and the therapists and the nurses, but there was one specific psychology methodology that really opened the door. Now, I mean, I was kind of a kid too, you know, it's kind of like, they're looking at me like. 19 or 20 years old. Like, why am I going to talk to you? But the one thing, there was a specific one that really, it was just easy. You look at pictures and it has to do with pictures and colors. You don't have to read a whole lot to really comprehend and understand things. And when people are suffering from a, an unknown tragedy or they weren't expecting it, or, you know, they, they just have a horrible episode that was unexpected for the family it's your brain is working so differently when you're processing your everyday life from like suffering from a tragedy. And so really understanding how I can best communicate with those patients. And I really didn't realize how amazing that tool was until I started to travel and do destination weddings and events all over the world. And people think it's they're like, can I climb into your suitcase and go to this private island? I didn't even know private islands existed. Like I didn't grow up like that, but they do. And so we had a client that wanted to go there. 
and on the, this little Island, there was so much planning ahead because there's no Amazon prime. There's no Hobby Lobby or Michael's or Walmart or Target or any of that stuff. Like you really have to plan ahead, put things on a barge and pray it gets there. And then if it doesn't get there, you constantly have to like problem solve and come up with a solution without the client knowing. So I really realized this on this island because people were like, how are people, how's your team so happy? I'm like, well, I use this psychology methodology and we pre-qualify everyone based on the way their brain is wired. I don't really care about their experience. I don't really care about what they've done in the past. I care about what are they naturally good at? And then 90% of the time they're operating in those types of situations. Now, listen, we all do stuff we don't want to do, like hold people's hair back when they're puking, you know, in the commode and clean the commode. We all do stuff we don't want to do in in those given situations. But 90% of the time, if you can hire people based off their strengths and and keep them in that area and stay in their lane, you're going to have people that are going to be much more productive and much more excited to do that work for you and, and with you. You're so right. I mean, though, I know that a lot of companies will look at, you know, experience, experience, experience. And while experience is great, there's obviously benefits to it because it shortens the onboarding process. The reality is, is I always, as a hiring manager, I was always looking for those intangible characteristics. What are their strengths? How can we elevate them? And, you know, how are they showing up not only at work, but in life? Are they representing themselves? Because you can hire somebody with experience. You can't teach somebody to wake up every single morning and be motivated, driven, passionate, solution-oriented, problem solver, just somebody that's quite frankly, get shit done. And so, yeah, I will take, I will take those intangible characteristics over experience any day of the week. Me too. We started doing internships and that's what really started to help grow the team in the right direction. And you can usually tell if someone's like right brain, left brain, are people proactive? Can you teach proactiveness? And, and then you've got the focus thing too. But when you have, and you said the keyword, when you have the passion and you're excited about doing what you're doing, even as an intern, that's how we pre-vet our team members. In fact, now everyone that works with us, they've all been an intern at some point in different capacities before we're going to onboard them just because we are so driven by the psychology. And if someone's not a good fit in the culture, there's a saying, you know, if you have one bad rotten egg, it like spoils the whole carton or something like that. It's true. So company culture is very, very important. Now I I do want to say I didn't start off like that guys. I hired my sister and which she was great until she had four kids. <laughs> and then, but it's like my family. I mean, we would never let each other down. My brother owns a business, my grandfather in a business, my uncle in a business, but I started also hire my friends just because I needed hands. Like on the weekends, they worked at the hospital with me. And that was like, not the right thing because as I grew, they weren't really excited for me because they saw me moving in a different direction and shifting And they weren't shifting in their life. And it was very hurtful. And I had to hire a business manager. And he he said, honey, you're going to have to get rid of all of those people. And you're going to have to really hire people. And I'm like, I can't get rid of 12 people. And they're my friends. And I mean, they were kind of mean and bullied. And, you know, I was providing opportunities for them. And, you know, I was so young and 
didn't really understand how to really run a real business, but those were the wake up moments that I needed to be able to actually grow as a real business owner. And although like, you know, I'm not friends with those people anymore and it sucks, but what's great is like, God puts the right people around you, but that doesn't happen by accident. You know, you have to be intentional and you start to surround yourself with the right people. And, and my business manager said, you, we really need to start an intern program. And girls were emailing me and asking, like, can I shadow you? I'm like, why do these people care? I didn't grow up with TV. I didn't watch TV. But that's when, like, all these wedding shows were on, like, TLC and HGTV. And um, they what they thought and what these TV shows sold and then what the reality was, was the com- two completely different things. But that's really how, you know, I had to go through those, those um, hard kind of depressing times, like losing my friends. But, you know, then I made new ones that were definitely the right fit in my life. People are going to come and go in your life. And that's okay. As humans, we take it personal, but the psychology has allowed me to separate that and, and understand that people are going to come and go and that's okay. You know, you brought such a great point about surrounding yourself. Like I always say, surround yourself with a tribe of people that hold you high, lift you up. And whether that is, you know, at work, you're hundred percent, right. You could have one person be the cancer in the team. And that one person that shows up to work negative can influence other people by dragging them down. So if you have somebody on that team, it's so important to acknowledge it and understand, you know, why are they feeling like they're not happy and in whether it's at work or in life, you know, try to address that right away and then understand is the person, and it may not be, the person may not be a good fit for the company. It may be, maybe they're just in the wrong role. So it's, you know, it's a variety of things. First, understanding why they're unhappy. Are they the right person for that particular role? Is there other opportunities within the organization? Or if they're just not really happy in the company, we can still support them and and supporting them through maybe and looking somewhere else through our own connections, relationships. And that same thing applies to life. Like you said, surround yourself with people that are positive, that hold you high or like-minded that, and I say like-minded in the sense where they're both passionate and driven. Obviously there's value in having people that have different perspectives on things. So we could be well-rounded as well. Yeah. One of the things that I just laugh sometimes when when I do a lot of mentoring and at our entrepreneur center and, and when I say young entrepreneurs, I don't mean like young, like, Oh, you're in your twenties. There's people in their fifties and sixties that have had a whole blown career and they're retired and they have an idea and, and they want to start something. And so they'll, they'll say to me, you know, ask my neighbor and my friend and the women at church and, you know, for, for younger, like in their twenties entrepreneurs or, or people coming out of school or should I go to college or should I do the And I'm like, well, first off, the people that you should be asking are the people that have actually done it and have a result that you want, you know, and that's something that I had to really learn early on is my parents, when I told them I'm quitting the hospital, I'm resigning because I'm not a quitter, right? I'm like an overachiever. I'm like, I'm going to resign and I'm going to do this entrepreneur event thing. And my dad's like, are you on drugs? Like, did you fall and hit your head? What is wrong with you? You have uh, benefits and, and bonuses and 401ks and what is wrong with you? And, you know, I really had to, to learn. And it was the people around me that said, you don't have to, to trade those. Like 
it's not that I was unhappy in, in healthcare, you know, the politics sucks, it just like it does everywhere. But when you own your own business, you can choose to be part of that or not be part of that. And, and how and where you can make an impact, you know, based on facts, not based on emotions. And it's just cattiness. And I just knew that there was always something more out there. And I had to stop listening to the people who haven't done what I was trying to do, which at the time, I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I just knew I didn't want to stay in healthcare the rest of my life. So you got to try new things. You know, if you're not happy doing something, it's okay to try new things. And I think some people that, you know, the older generation, like my parents' generation, they were taught work for the same company for 30 years. There's this pension and social security and all this stuff. And, it, and you're, then you're going to get to travel the world. And they paint this bullshit picture, which is, I don't even know if that stuff will exist when I'm retirement age. And so we really have to look at the differences and the gaps and how technology has changed everything and then embrace those changes and educate ourselves and learn how can we be the best we can be and actually be happy doing what we're doing. Otherwise, you don't want a GSD. You don't want to get shit done, be more productive if you don't like what you're doing. Hey, it's Danielle Cobo. I'm jumping in real quick to say thank you for tuning into the Dream Job with Danielle Cobo podcast. How often do you feel stuck in your career? Maybe you're discouraged by your quota and frustrated that you're leaving money on the table. I get it. I hear it from clients all the time. What would your life look like if you were energized, motivated, and confident every time you received your quota? When you know exactly where you're going, it becomes a lot easier to get there. How would you feel if you knew exactly where to go and how to get there? That's how I support my clients with the steps that work and how to avoid the steps that don't. Because here's the thing, your success is directly correlated to how quickly you give up and how will you adapt to change? What if you had someone who made sure you kept going even when it feels hard? In sales, there's no cap on how much you can earn. The only limit is your mindset, adaptability, skills, and resiliency. When you build a strategic plan and approach your business, you can say goodbye to being mediocre and say hello to President Circle. I've experienced firsthand earning four back-to-back -back President Circles and led the historically poorest performing team to number one in the nation within two years. And I've taught thousands of salespeople just like you. If you want to earn and receive the same success my clients have, I invite you Schedule your career discovery call today. Doesn't cost you anything, so there's nothing to lose. Go to daniellecobo.com and schedule your career discovery call. The time is now. Don't let another quarter go by being mediocre and start maxing out your comp plan. I look forward to hearing from you soon. That's so true. I mean, I, and I know my listeners have heard me say this thousands of times. I do say you spend more time at work than you do at home. Gut check yourself. Are you happy? I actually didn't realize. So I had worked for an organization for seven years and I thought that I was happy. Um, you know, there's a lot of aspects about that job that I really enjoyed. And oh my gosh, what I've learned and the experience I gained through working with this company was extraordinary, exceptional. It's really supporting me in where I'm at today. Um, 
I didn't realize that I actually wasn't as happy as I thought I was. And when I started to really take inventory of my life and what brought me the most joy, and this kind of goes into what you're speaking of, I love supporting people with developing their career plans. I love supporting people with like hiring people was a lot of fun because I really got to uncover that spark deep down inside that, you know, they didn't have industry experience, but they were rock stars. And it was just a matter of getting them the opportunity or supporting people on my team and getting promoted where I really had a challenge was people that said they wanted to do it, but didn't actually put action in place. Didn't get the shit done to do it. Like you said, yep. that GSD. And so now I get to work with people that want to put action in place, that want to develop their career, that want to take that next step. And I get to do it every single day. I love my job. Love it. And you don't even really feel like it's a job if you oh, no. love what you're doing every day. But like if you're listening and, and you're hiring people or you're especially the people that are in HR and really as a company, I was fortunate because the company in healthcare, all the different companies that I worked for, they really put a lot of effort multiple times a year. Now it was optional to go get um, continuing education, CEUs, you know, whatever it's called to like keep your license as therapist. And so I would go to these workshops and learn all these different things about how I could better understand. And also like there's little things that you can just tell about people like based on their whole psychology makeup. And so it's like take Myers-Briggs, which is great, but you take a bunch of like you answer a bunch of questions. It spits out answers and it's between you and the computer basically. But the one that I love is True Colors and it's the one with pictures and colors and there's like the four different personalities. And so you can really tell based on someone's interactions just through email. I can look at someone's Pinterest board and know what kind of color they are in the psychology makeup. And we all have all four traits, but you typically have, they don't call it a strength, a weakness, a high, low. They call it a bright and a pale. And so someone that's like really bright gold they're going to be like the type A's, the organization. They're going to email you. Their emails are going to be a little bit more formal. They are going to be early. They're just, they're the ones like that are GSD. And that's just their natural capacity at whatever they're doing. They are overachievers. If they clock in nine to five, they will go clock out at five and then they'll go back to work because they want to finish it their way. Even if someone offers help because their way is the right way. And so goals are awesome leaders, but they're not huge risk takers. So they're not going to go and, and drop a hundred grand on, on investing in a business because that's way too risky. And then the blues, they're the ones that in their emails, they're going to have smiley faces and they're way more emotion driven. And they're the ones like, if they feel that you have a great interview, they're probably going to, um, well, prior to the pandemic, they're just going to hug you. They're not going to ask. And nowadays it's like, can I hug you? Are you vaccinated? <laughs> you know, it's like, that's the world we live in right now. But they're the ones that are all driven upon how are you making me feel? And that's how they are going to make their decisions. And then performance wise, if you don't recognize the things they are doing, they will feel undervalued and not appreciated. Even if you have said it out loud in a staff meeting, but if they weren't paying attention or they didn't hear it or you didn't give it, give them the recognition the way they wanted it, it it's, it's useless. 
And the greens, they're driven by analytics and research. They're not huggers and they're very straight to the point. And there's periods in the emails and they usually are driven by all the facts. They're not going to make a decision or do anything off of emotions. They're the ones that will go through your website and tell you how many misspelled words you have. And they will also ask you about the, the percentage that's on the homepage of your website, it didn't have where that came from. So how do you know that statistic? <laughs> like these are the people that just push you. And I didn't have greens on my team for a long time because frankly, they kind of got on my nerves. But now it's like I've completely reframed, you know, years ago when I learned from my accountant, we weren't really making a profit. Like we were doing 250 plus events a year. And he's like, but you're still not really profitable. And I'm like, I don't understand and I had to hire a few greens to, to really put around me to challenge me and ask why, how, how many hours it, why, we need to track our hours. Why is this being their favorite word is why they're going to challenge you, which if you're, if you're in like human resources or you're, you're a leader in your department and people ask you these things, people get very defensive. Like, why are you questioning me? I'm interviewing you. And it's like, I challenge you to like reframe that mindset and really think about, wow, this person actually cares and they're asking, and maybe they know something that I don't know that could actually make me better as a leader and make the company better. And so just reframing that mindset's really important. And then your oranges, which I'm very, a lot of oranges, they're very entrepreneurial. They're the ones that'll go cliff jumping and skydiving. I think two seconds, like, I have a lot to lose here. Like I probably shouldn't do that. <laughs> Sometimes we're labeled as a little irresponsible and, you know, you should think through the, this before you do this. And it's like, why? Well, I don't, I don't even think about it. Like I want to do it, but oranges are just risk takers. But if they're working with you, those are the ones that need to be in creativity and marketing. And they're the ones saying, oh my gosh, I was driving down the interstate and there's a billboard and like we sell soup, right? So like we could like have steam, which Panera did a campaign a few years ago. And I'm the girl, I'm like, oh my God, there's steam coming out of that billboard up there. Like that's genius. And then their soup sales went up for butternut squash because they were introducing a new soup. Starbucks does this a lot too. So it's just like knowing where to place the people to where they're going to thrive is just, it's everything. It's everything. <laughs> it really is. And I, I want to acknowledge you for something because oftentimes we can kind of hire similar people because we know that, that, that typically the opposite of us through some of these personality tests. I also do a lot of personality tests through my coaching and workshops and things like that is it can get under our skin. They're opposite than us. We don't understand them. And so communication, you know, there'll be another episode on this, but uh, style flexing for communication, but also taking it a step further, like you said, where there's value in having different personalities because what may be my strengths or uh, may not be theirs, but also where my opportunities are, like you just said, maybe analyzing the numbers and things like that wasn't your strength, but that's theirs. And so you get to let them flourish and shine and do the things that you don't want to do and hold you accountable to it. So there's value in having different personalities on our teams. And as long as you know what their strengths are, and you acknowledge them, this will be probably another episode too, is just the five languages of appreciation in the workplace, where you acknowledge them based off the way that they feel valued and received. And that's the key. It's all about how do you customize the message the way the other person needs to hear it? 
And there's another tool that I recently went through. It's the Arbinger Institute, and they really promote how to have an outward mindset rather than like an inward mindset. And if you're leading people or leading teams, or if you want to be in leadership, understanding how to get two people in conflict and, and it would, the, the moderator is just absolutely hilarious because everything he was saying, he was like making up situations and he's like, this shit really happens in like huge companies and corporations that are billion plus dollar companies and the leaders within the company, they don't know how to fix it. And so they'll go through this, how to have an outward mindset. And then how do you, the, the number one thing is you have to see people as a person, an individual person first. And in corporate America, we've been trained for so long, like how much output can you give me and how much work can you get done and how productive can you be? But if your kid's dying of cancer at home or your dog, which happened to me a year ago, it's like nothing really matters right now. You got to go through a little depression state. You've got to grieve. You got to take time. But if you don't, if you're a leader and you're leading someone and you don't know that about them because you never even asked and if you ask a green, they're probably not going to tell you because they keep their shit to themselves, but at least you asked, but a blue person will tell you all about it. And at least you're aware because life is life. And we all go through hard times. We all go through challenges and like, what's the song? What doesn't kill us makes us stronger. And it is true, but sometimes a little bit of empathy goes a really long way with you and your employees and your team members. Yeah. I mean, that's so true. I, I distinctly remember um, when my husband was uh, leaving for his year deployment, he served a year, a year overseas. And it was in 2019, my twins were a year and a half. And it was, I just remember this moment where I had just dropped him off of his base and I'm driving home and I'm looking around and I'm going, no one has any idea that I just dropped my husband off to leave this country. And I don't know if he's coming back. Yep. And it was at that moment when I said, wow, every a everybody's working through something, everybody, no, no matter what, we all have challenges in our life. There's something going on and it's up to us to ask the questions, to get to know our team so that we can better understand, support, be empathetic and connect with them. That was just, I, I, Amen. I mean, I can pinpoint that moment in my life when it really hit home. So, well, thank you so much for joining us. I mean, I could probably talk to you for hours because you have so much valuable information and obviously there's a lot that we can spin off. And so tell us what are three takeaways that you'd like our guests to really be like, wow, I can take this home. I can implement it. You know, whether you're leading a team or you're a a peer and you want to be a leader on your team, what advice would you give? Well, I would say the first thing is make sure that you're looking at the person, just hiring the right people and surrounding yourself with the right people. And you do have a choice. There's, there's a lot of leaders that I work with, with inside companies. And they're like, I don't own the business. I can't, but the, you're the type of person that can go to a senior leader or partner and, and get change, like start talking about change. And so don't keep, don't stay quiet and don't perceive yourself as being in trouble. It's, it's people like you that, that are paving the future and, and actually making a difference and making an impact. 
And if they're not going to listen to you, maybe it's not the right company. So just, I encourage you to make sure that like you, you surround yourself and you hire the right people. That's the first thing. The second thing is really thinking about just on a personal level too, is are you paperless and what are your processes? So we're really big with processes and it's even, you know, I watch my mom do it all the time. She grabs a post-it note with a pen and I'm like, mom, tell Siri to remind you and let's give, yep. (laughs) give a deadline just for those of you that it's, can't see I literally just held up a post-it note I got post-its everywhere listen, I'm guilty I, love it. I love post-it notes like for specific things and I love the big post-it notes for like strategy days because visually I need to see things but when you're growing a team how are you going to delegate and outsource if it's just around the your computer with post-it notes so come up with some type of a process even if your company that you work with is not paperless, then start to try to do it yourself to just in your personal life, using digital coupons instead of clipping them out, which my mother still does. I'm picking on her, but she loves that, that paper. Um, but I also come from a place where I've had patients where their house burnt down, their company burnt down and they were suicidal because they lost everything. So just don't wait for a tragedy to come to where you actually are like taking pictures of all your pieces of paper and like back up your stuff in the cloud. Like that's even a personal thing. And the last thing that I would say is don't be afraid of technology and don't be afraid of automation. A lot of people that we work with, usually they're Mac users, they have an Apple products or they have an iPhone. And if it's not working or they can't find something like a contact, they're like, I hate my phone. 100% of the time it's user error because you don't take the time to either go to the free Apple classes or watch the videos on YouTube. Just slow down, slow down and take five minutes to go to YouTube, search the problem, find the solution, and then you can help other people. But if you'll just take the five or 10 minutes to slow down the time, it's going to save you long-term from understanding how your technology can work for you will be a complete game changer. Oh my gosh. So I have this confession to make and that so hit home um, before we jump off. But I uh, decided I am not a website designer, but I decided to build my own website. Uh, And when you say watch videos, I'm one of those people that just gets shit done. And I can figure this out. I can't tell you how many countless hours I spent going, I don't get this. This is so frustrating. And I'm like, well, if I actually took the time to watch the video first, it probably would have save time, as well as I could have outsourced it and had somebody build my website. But of course, I just wanted to do it myself because I'm, I don't know what I was thinking. Don't recommend that for those of you. (laughs) It took me a while to do. Um, But yeah, so outsource when you can, watch those videos, really learn it so that you're not spending the time getting frustrated. (laughs) So thank you so much for joining us. You have provided us with so many nuggets to really uh, support and, you know, hiring the right people, you know, team building, team dynamics, communication, the advice that you gave was endless. So thank you. You're so welcome. And thank you so much for having me. Well, for those of you that are listening, good news is you have in our show notes, multiple ways that you can find Angela and her company, GSD Creative. She has um, exceptional resources to support you with getting shit done. And if you enjoy listening, I invite you to share this with your friends and family. I'm sure there's people out there that could really uh, use some encouragement and advice on how to be productive in their lives and hire the right people. So share this. 
and write a review comment. If there's any topics that you want to hear on future episodes, be sure to direct message me. You can find me on all social media sites. And to take it one step further, if you want simple steps on how to create balance in your life and also 25 of my favorite leadership books, you can go to my website, daniellecobo.com, and I offer free digital downloads for you. So thank you so much for joining and create an intentional day. Thank you for listening to the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with Danielle Cobo. If you found today's episode resonating and inspiring, kindly take a moment to craft a review. Your review holds the potential for Apple and Spotify to share the Unstoppable Grit Podcast with others. Furthermore, consider extending the ripple effect by sharing this episode with those around you, family, friends, colleagues, and anyone who could benefit from the insights and stories shared here. Also, be sure to visit daniellecobo.com for more resources on cultivating resilience and unleashing your inner grit. We'll be back soon with another empowering episode. Until then, be unstoppable.